Go with me please to Exodus, the 15th chapter. I believe I received direction to go a different way than I had thought this morning. I wasn't expecting it, but when I saw it, it makes perfect sense. You know, the Lord is really smart. (laughs) He's really, really smart. If we'll listen, we'll be smart. In Exodus, the 15th chapter, for some weeks now, we've been on this uh, subject series we call The Lord, My Healer. And this has been our main text, and I'm going to read this to you, Exodus 15, 21, from the Dewey translation, Dewey Rames translation. Miriam began to sing the song to them, saying, let's sing to the Lord, for he is gloriously magnified, the horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. I wanted to back up enough to see the context in which this great revelation of Jehovah, your healer, came out. You know, we do ourselves a, a disservice by pulling a verse out of the context and not looking at the rest of the passage. So many wrong doctrines would have been prevented if they'd have just read several verses before it and several verses after it. But the context of this is that the Lord has just delivered them in their crossing the Red Sea and the Egyptians came after them to decimate them. And while they were trying to get to them, the Bible said the heart of the sea was congealed. Now, you know, you you do know not to believe every Bible show you see on TV. I hope you do. Because most of them are pitiful and wrong. But there are some folks who try to tell you that there were some natural things that happened and, and that the water got shallow at that certain place sometimes and they were able to go over. It was only about ankle deep, you know. Well, that's a greater miracle than anything. A whole army drowned in ankle deep water. <laughs> Now, now the Bible tells you exactly what happened. A wind blew. Uh, we, we just witnessed that there can easily be winds strong enough to part water. A wind blew and parted that water, and as it separated and pushed it up, it was cold enough, it froze it. The Bible said the heart of the sea was congealed. You know what congealed is, don't you? And it was solid enough that the Israelites walked through on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, it thawed (laughs) and it flowed in and they were all drowned. And so they're praising God and giving God glory. The horse and the rider he's thrown into the sea. Keep reading. Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went forth into the wilderness of Sir. And they marched three days through the wilderness and found no water. Now this is educational too. They found no water, verse 23. And they came to Merah and couldn't drink the waters there. And they they got, you know, discouraged. Three days. Somebody say three days. days. After one of the greatest miracles they've ever witnessed. They have provisional needs that seem to not being, being met. And they're again saying we're all going to die out here. Which you should not be. After witnessing the kind of miracles that they have witnessed, you should realize, hey, it ain't looking good, but we've been here before. Right? And the Lord has come through for us again and again and again, and he will this time too. But they didn't do that. But the Lord revealed himself to them there as our healer. Again, keep it in context. They went three days. They couldn't find water to drink. 
And they came to Marah, and they found some water there. And at first sight, I'm sure they all got excited. But when they went to drink it, they couldn't drink it. It was undrinkable. It was bitter. Actually, the same word bitter can be translated poisonous. It wasn't just bad tasting water. (laughs) And uh, Mara means bitter or bitterness. That's what it means. And so we need to keep in mind, yes, this happened. Yes, this is history. But it's recorded as types and examples for us. It reveals great spiritual truths and reality of what we have in Christ. They couldn't drink the waters because they were bitter. And they gave the name to the place, Mara. That's why, how it came to be called Mara, which means, if you understood the language, every time you heard Mara, you'd hear bitterness or poison. Verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses and they said, what are we going to drink? Three days. And they went from playing a tambourine and shouting <laughs> to uh, we all going to die out here. We got nothing to drink. Three days. Somebody say three days. Three days. Didn't take long to come from a great high to a low. Three days to lose the victory. But Moses cried to the Lord and he showed him a tree. A tree. Why a tree? Because our master hung on a tree. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. 1 Peter 2.24 says. And when he had cast it into the waters, what happened? They were turned into sweetness. The waters were turned into sweetness. Everybody say miraculous. miraculous. This is miraculous. How can poisonous waters, undrinkable, that could make you sick, maybe kill you, if you drink them, you throw in a tree? Now, drink all you like. Not only does it not kill you, does it not make you sick. It's some of the best tasting water you ever tasted. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's sweet. It's healthy. It went from something that would kill you to something that sustains your life. Because they're going to perish from thirst out there. I said it went from something that could kill you. To something that saves your life. By the application of a type of the cross. Oh. Oh. It went from something that would kill you. To something that would keep you alive. Oh, the Spirit of God is saying something. From something that would destroy you, something that would hurt you, something that would kill you, to something that would keep you alive and make you feel good, too. Cool, clear, good tasting, healthy water. Hallelujah. And what was the difference? The cross and what happened there. Oh, praise God. And he appointed ordinances and judgments and he proved them, verse 26, and he said, if you'll hear the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right before him, obey his commandments, keep all his precepts, none of the evils that I laid upon Egypt will I bring upon you, for I am the Lord your healer. Do you see why I backed up and read this? Him revealing himself as there and our healer is in connection with what happened with those bitter waters. The waters were healed. Can you see it? The waters were healed. And he said, you know, basically he's saying, stay with me. Do what I tell you to do, and I'll be able to take care of you in any situation. And I'll be able to heal you 
like these waters got healed. Because that's who I am. I'm the healer. I heal waters. I heal plants and animals. I heal you. I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your physician, the Lord that healeth thee. I'm the Lord who fixes you. Did he fix those waters? Yes, Yes, he did. And he said, I'll fix you just like I fixed that. I am the healer. Praise God. Oh, somebody say, praise God. Now, what happened is consistent with so many scriptures throughout the Bible. I don't know if we'll be able to get to it all today. We'll see. But uh, what happened to that poisonous bitter water. It was changed on a molecular level. Wasn't it? The poison, the evil things, the harmful things that were in it were neutralized. How did that happen? Well, we know that if you have enough knowledge of chemicals... You can neutralize one substance with another substance. Well, if you have the knowledge of God, you can do things way out beyond that. To him, I mean, it might seem like magic to the observer. To him, it's just knowing what to do. All true science agrees with God. A hundred percent. Because it All of it comes from him. All real knowledge and science. It was neutralized. Listen to the definition of neutralize. Means to stop something from being effective. To uh, stop something from being harmful. To counteract the activity or the effect of. And that's what happened. The Lord showed Moses a tree, which was a type of the cross and the redemptive work that happened there. He threw that in to that water place, hole, pond, whatever it was, source. And when he did, God caused a reaction by his power. And it neutralized everything bad and harmful in that water. Hallelujah. And the Lord called it healing. Amen. He called it healing. Let me give you some other examples because there are there are numerous examples. In Numbers 21, we just talked about this last week. In Numbers 21, 9, we saw where the people murmured and complained. Again, how many know murmuring is serious business? It will get you in trouble. It will remove your protection. They murmured, they complained, they blamed Moses and Aaron, blamed God, and poisonous vipers came into the camp and bit people, and people were dying. And he told them, Moses made a serpent of brass, set it on the the pole, and if any serpent had bitten any man... And he looked expectantly into the serpent of brass. He has lived. How can that be? If you've been bitten by this massive poisonous serpent. And this poison is flowing through your system. There is no emergency help available. There is no antivenom around. How could you live? While there fixing their gaze on the serpent on the pole the Bible said as many as looked lived everybody that looked lived what happened the poison that was already in their system was neutralized because the Lord still Jehovah Rapha hallelujah and by looking at a type of Jesus on the cross because John, everybody know John 3.16? Well, you back up just two verses before it, 14 and 15, it said, even as Moses lifted up uh, the serpent on the pole, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. 
telling us in the New Testament that that serpent on the pole was a type of Jesus on the cross. Why? Because he became sin with our sin. And, and the judgment fell on him there. But by looking attentively, intently, fixing their gaze on a type of Jesus on the cross, they were forgiven. And they were healed of the venom that was in their bodies. And they were delivered from the snakes that bit them. Lest they be bitten again. Somebody say forgiven, forgiven. Healed, healed, delivered by the cross. But what happened at the cross? Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Do you believe this actually happened? Do you believe that those poisonous waters were made sweet? Did it really happen? Do you believe people with, with venom in their blood system, killing them, maybe near death, that the power of God neutralized that venom, and in a matter of minutes they were just fine? You believe that? Yes. Has he changed? No. Has he lost his power? No. Has his will changed? No. Is he still neutralizing yes. evil and harmful stuff? Yes. It's healing. If you got something bad in your body that's harming you, it needs to be neutralized so that it becomes harmless. Amen. Amen. It was a killer one minute. Next minute, your body's just getting rid of it. Oh, thank you, Father. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look in 2 Kings, the second chapter. 2 Kings 2 and 19. In Elisha's ministry, it said the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, I pray you, the situation of our city is pleasant, as the Lord sees, but the water is not. Other translations say the water is bad, and the ground is barren. Others say it causes miscarriages. The water is bad and causes miscarriage. And he said, bring me a new cruise and put salt in it. And they brought it to him, and he went forth to the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there. And he said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from this any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spoke. There are people that scoff at something like that. They might, they said, What are you? Are you trying to tell us, get us to believe in magic? No. No. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the laws of nature. He knows things you don't know. He knows things the best scientists in the world don't know. He knows how to arrange and rearrange molecules. He knows how to cause his power to interact with substances and change their formation, change their nature, change their function. If he created it, he can adjust it. Do you believe it? Sure. The waters were healed. Somebody say the waters were healed. The waters were healed. The today's English version says, put some salt in a new bowl and bring it to me. They brought it to him. Salt. You ever heard about salt before? Saw in the New Testament. It's a type of uh, the life of God in the believer. We are the salt of the earth now. It's a type of the preserving power of God. And he threw the salt in the water. And he said, this is what the Lord said. I make this water pure. It'll not cause any more deaths or miscarriages. And that water has been pure ever since. Just as Elisha said it would be. What happened? It was killing people. It was causing sickness. It was causing miscarriages and problems. What happened? The power of God. They released faith by acting on what God said. In casting that salt in there. But it wasn't just the salt. The power of God got involved in that. 
And what was evil and destructive was neutralized. He's done this over and over again. Look in the fourth chapter. 2 Kings 4 and 38. Elisha came again to Gilgal. There was a darth. There was a famine, drought in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said to his servant, set on the great pot and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds, his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. I guess he didn't have many lessons in cooking. He went and got the bad, bad mushrooms. <laughs> and verse 41 Well, back up to 40. I I moved too quick. They poured it out for the men to eat. And it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, Oh, man of God, there's death in the pot. (laughs) They've been poisoned. And they couldn't eat it. I guess they felt the effects of it. They thought, Oh, we've been poisoned. Verse 42, or 41 rather. He said, Bring meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. Now it took faith for them to eat some more of it, didn't it? (laughs) He said, I spoke over it. And I threw some meal in it. A lot of folks would say, well, okay. (laughs) I'm I'm going out to eat. (laughs) But there was a drought. There's no option. People are starving to death. What happened? There was poison in the pot. What did the power of God do? Neutralized that. So that, said said out loud, there was no harm. No harm in the pot. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Somebody say, praise God. Go with me to the book of Acts. Book of Acts, and uh, I tell you, I'm not ready to go to the book of Acts. Go to Daniel, the third chapter. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help me to keep me from missing it. Daniel 3, he spoke this to me a couple of weeks ago, and it's a very significant lesson. Daniel 3 is the account of the, uh, the young men, Hebrew men. King James calls them Hebrew children. But they were young men. What were their names? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And uh, when the king built his great statue and commanded everybody to fall down and worship, they wouldn't do it. And when uh, people came and told him, said uh, they didn't, they didn't bow down. And so he called them, and and they had favor with the king and with the court, and he wanted to give them another chance, which he didn't have to do, and most of the time probably wouldn't have done. He said, I, basically, I'm going to give you another chance when the music plays. If you'll fall down and, and worship me, worship my statue, everything will be okay. If you don't. You're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And who is that God that can deliver you out of my hand? And man, they stood up and they were bold. And they said, we want you to know our God whom we serve, he is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Oh, it made him mad. Oh, it made him because nobody talks to the king like that. And he made him so mad, he commanded that the furnace be heated up. What was it? Seven times? Hotter than it had ever been heated before. And they tied them up in all their clothes. You know, make sure they'd burn real good. And the mighty men of the army grabbed them and ran to the furnace and threw them in. And the order was hasty. The king said, I mean, get them in there now. Get them in there right now. Oh, he's, he's livid. He, he, he's in a rage. And, and the order was so, so insistent that the men grabbed and they got too close to the heat and it killed the ones that threw them in. And then when they threw them in, something happened that nobody 
expected, except they had decreed that the Lord could and would deliver them. Daniel 3.25, the king said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Well, that's interesting because they only threw in three. (laughs) And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. He didn't look like an ordinary man to him. Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and he spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. How many think his tone has changed? (laughs) You servants of the Most High God, come here. Come out of there. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. And the princes, the governors, the captains, the king counselors being gathered together saw these men. Now, he had gathered these dignitaries from all over the known world to honor him. God used it. Because what they saw was a miracle of God instead of making a big deal out of Nebuchadnezzar. Upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Somebody say had no power. Had no power. Nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed. Nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Now this is astonishing. Right? The the heat and the fire killed the men that threw them in. And it burned the ropes off of them. And they're walking around in it. Didn't burn their clothes, didn't singe their hair, and when they came out, you could have smelled their jacket and you couldn't smell any smoke. Nothing. What happened? What happened? The power of God insulated them. They were in, they weren't just in the fiery furnace, they were in the presence of the Lord. And his presence extended around them so that that fire couldn't touch them, couldn't get to them. And what the Lord quickened to me is that everybody wants to be delivered from the fiery furnace. It's much more comfortable to be delivered from the fiery furnace. But it won't impress our children in their classes if we tell them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they prayed and said, Lord, change Nebuchadnezzar's mind so he didn't throw us in. And Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, I won't throw him in. And the kids will look at you and go, okay, can we have a cookie? <laughs> Not so impressed. Being delivered is good. Don't get me wrong. Thank God for it. It's good. It's great. But it gives God more glory when you're delivered out of the midst of the fiery furnace. It's with situation after situation after situation. We would rather not have to deal with it. We'd rather not have to go through it. But do you want God to get some glory or you want him to get a lot of glory? Come on, anybody want him to get a lot of glory? A lot of glory. Because when you tell the little kids about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they tied them up, and they heated this thing up hotter than it ever been, and they're thinking, ooh, ooh they're going to throw them in? No, they're not going to throw them in. Yeah, they're going to throw them in? No, surely not. Yeah, they ran, and they threw them inside the pizza oven. They threw them inside. No, not inside. Yes, inside. No, yes. You got their attention. They're not even thinking about cookies right now. You might know what I'm talking about. Is it a greater testimony? Does it give God more glory? And they stood up in the middle of it. Yes, because the Lord was in there with them. Ooh, he was in there with them. No singeing. 
No burning. No smelling of smoke. They had no hurt. Everybody say no hurt. There was no hurt. There was no harm in the pot. There was no hurt in the water. There was no hurt in the fire. In the middle midst of the burning fiery furnace. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh yeah, it's a lot more comfortable if it misses you by 300 miles. Yeah, it is. We're all for that. But actually, it's a greater testimony when you're right in the middle of it. And you don't even have the smell of smoke on you. Can anybody say glory to God? Glory to God. Glory to God. Now go to Acts. Please. Oh, thank you, Lord. Makes me want to sing. Makes me want to say hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Acts 28. You know, uh, Phyllis read Psalm 91. And part of that psalm said, no harm will befall you. It won't come near you. This is the blessing of the Lord. This is the will of the Lord. He revealed himself as healer, demonstrating his ability to neutralize an evil, harmful thing right in the middle. I'm sure they thought this is a bad water hole. What we need is a new, we got to find another water hole. The Lord said, no, no, you don't. You don't have to find a new water hole. I'm going to fix the one you got. (laughs) Can he fix the one you've got? Man, you can go a lot of ways with this. There's a lot of people have decided, I need a new spouse. Mine's bad. (laughs) Bitter. (laughs) Poisonous. They may think the same thing about you. And uh, our, uh, our marriage is poison. I mean, you people say things like this. It's toxic. It's, you know, and what I need is a new, uh, I need a new situation. I need a new place. I need a new marriage. My kids are crazy too. I need new kids. <laughs> need a new job. I just need a whole new situation. No, you forget. There's a God who can make the bitter, the poisonous, the undrinkable sweet. Come on, say that loud. He can make the bitter sweet. Besides that, if you don't get you fixed, the next situation you get involved in, you're going to bring the same trouble into it. You'll find out it wasn't all them. Oh, that went over big, didn't it? Well, that's why people keep going through the same thing. Same cycles over and over and over again. Because you can run to the farthest part of the world and you can go through 8, 9, 10, 12 people and you're going to find out that when you got there, the problem got there. (laughs) You brought it with you and I'll I'll move on. Acts (laughs) Acts 28. (laughs) Acts 28, 1. Said out loud, my God is the healer and he makes the bitter sweet. How can he make the bitter sweet? His power neutralizes the evil harmful thing that was in it so that it no longer hurts and you have no harm. Numbers 21, the guys that had been bitten They were not hurt from the venom anymore. In uh, the pottage, the the soup, the stew that had the poison plants, no harm in the pot, the Bible said. The waters that were killing and and causing problems, sweet, no problem anymore. Can you see a pattern? Can you see? The the Lord's always done this, and he never changes, and he still does this today. In uh, Acts 28, Am I reading in the New Testament here? When they escaped from their shipwreck and they landed on this island, they lost the ship in the storm. You know, Paul was in a hurricane. Is that right? 
And they could have avoided the whole thing if they'd have listened to Paul and stayed in port and just waited a few weeks or months and left. But they didn't do that. And because he wasn't in charge of the ship, he had to go through some things he shouldn't have had to go through. A lot of lessons to be learned here. But anyway, by the mercy of God, he said, we're going to lose the ship. We're going to lose the cargo because you should have listened to me. But our lives are going to be spared. Every one of us is going to be saved. Even when people don't listen to God, you can still find some mercy. And uh, they landed on this island called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire, received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. They've been out on the, uh, the waters and the storm for all these days. And I know they were glad to finally have some solid land under their feet and some people helping them. And Paul gathered a bundle of sticks. And uh, how many know preachers can work too? Yeah. He's not just sitting around waiting on somebody to do something. He's out gathering up sticks. Put them on the fire. And for his kindness and help, out comes a viper, a poisonous snake out of the heat and fastens on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man's a murderer. Though he escaped the sea, he missed drowning, but karma caught up with him. <laughs> Which we don't believe in that. Vengeance suffers not to live. Their beliefs had to do with, you know, your your evil deeds are going to get up with you. They're going to catch up with you some way or another. And they assumed, would you look at that? The man just survived a hurricane and a shipwreck and swimming to the island. And But uh, it got him anyway. He's got to be a bad man, bad man. Were they right about Paul or were they wrong about Paul? They were wrong. He was on that ship because he's obeying God, preaching the gospel. Not because he's a bad man. Now, this is enlightening. Just because something harmful happens to you does not prove you're a bad person. Or that your your evil deeds are catching up with you. No. No. The enemy, he is the killer. He is the thief. He is the destroyer. He'll kill everybody. He's an equal opportunity killer. (laughs) You don't care how good you've been. He'd rather destroy you. So they were wrong. They were wrong. But Paul, what did he do? What did he do? Boom. Ah. Ah. God. How much worse can it get? I'm coming to meet you, Jesus. What did he do? All I've been trying to do is preach the gospel. I've been beat. I've been stoned. I've been arrested. I've been kept in chains. I've been put on a boat as a prisoner. I've been in a hurricane for the last two or three weeks. And now, (laughs) now this. Oh, friends, just because you are a believer and just because you are a man or woman of faith does not mean you will slide through this life with no challenges. Are no issues. And so many times we would rather be delivered from it. Let's just get delivered from this whole ship ride, hurricane, <laughs> snake bite deal. Right? You'd rather be. But it, it's not a, as great a testimony as being delivered out of the middle of it. What did he do? We, we need mind renewal. What did he do? This poisonous viper in his hand. He probably something like this. He thought, 
dumb devil. You can't kill me. I'm on a mission. See, the angel had told him on the ship, you must be brought before Caesar. You got an appointment. You got a pre. He told him when he got born again on the road to Damascus, he said, you're going to bear my name before kings. Didn't he tell him? And so he knew, he said, he, he probably thought, I can't die out here. Can't. Not going to. Dumb devil. Get off of there. Shook it off into the fire. That's a good place for him. Devil needs to get used to the idea. And what? And what? Come on, help me out. And what? Felt no harm. Oh, somebody say felt no harm. Felt no harm. He, he what? Felt no harm. Felt no harm. This is deadly toxins. Verse uh, 6. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen. Are fallen down dead suddenly. Everybody knows. This is a bush viper. This is a get bit, take three steps and fall. This is the bad one. <laughs> they live there. They know this snake. They go, oh man. Okay, he dodged the hurricane, but he ain't dodging the bad snake. But he didn't swell up. He didn't start choking. He didn't fall over to the side. And after they looked at him a great while and saw what? Saw what? Saw what? This is a witness. Oh, come on, buddy. Somebody see this. This is a witness. This is a witness. When what takes out other people doesn't hurt you, it's a witness to the reality of God and the goodness of God and the power of God. Yeah, it would have been easier to just get delivered from the whole island hurricane thing, but we're still talking about it. Century, is that right? We're still talking about it centuries later going, wow, oh man, God is real. God is big. God is good. He can neutralize the worst venom. He can neutralize the worst disease. He can neutralize the worst cancer. He can neutralize the worst AIDS. He can neutralize. Come on. Can he neutralize? He can neutralize. I don't care what kind of toxins, what kind of poisons, what kind of evil, deadly, harmful stuff there may be. The power of God, touch it, change it, and you feel no harm. Somebody say they felt no harm. He felt, he felt no harm. He felt no harm. Other translations say he suffered no evil effects. One says he got no damage. Good news says he was not harmed at all. Took a massive dose of venom. One of the most deadly serpents around. And didn't bother him at all. I mean, put yourself around the campfire. All the locals are going, oh, he's a dead man. He's a dead man. He's a dead man. But then 20 minutes passed and they thought, he should be dead by now. What's Paul doing? He's smiling at him. Yeah, it's a good fire. They're talking to each other going. <laughs> and he's going, nice island you got here. We, we, we really appreciate you guys taking us in. Before this is over, the whole island's going to be touched by the gospel. The head man of the island is going to get healed. Oh, somebody say healed. 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 And saved. Praise God. It was the healing that opened up the whole island. To the gospel. And it started with Paul's own deliverance. That's right. And as the time went by. They, they figured this is miraculous. This is miraculous. He's not a bad man. He must be a God. And he had to help them straighten that out. No, no. I'm just a servant of God. But said out loud. He felt no harm. 
He felt no harm. Go, go with me finally in closing, I think. To the Great Commission. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. He made the bitter water sweet. He made the poison porridge edible. He made the poisonous spring healthy and sweet. He made the fiery furnace comfortable. Hallelujah. No smell of smoke. He neutralized the venom in the children of Israel's bodies. Back in Numbers 21. He did the same thing again for his man, Paul, on that island. How many believe the power of God can go inside and change the molecular structure? Can it? Easy. He's the creator. He made all this easy. Easy for him. If we understood it, if scientists understood it, they'd go, oh, that's how he did it. It's not magic. It's knowledge. It's wisdom. It's understanding. It's power. Praise God. I'm talking about your daddy who loves you. I'm talking about your healer. Say it out loud. I have a healer. He fixes me. He fixes me. He's my healer. In Mark 16 and 15. Mark 16, 15. I'm reading in Young's literal translation. Young's. Jesus said to them, Having gone to all the world, proclaim the good news to all the creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. And he who has not believed shall be condemned. And signs shall accompany those believing these things. Do you believe these things? Signs will accompany them. In my name, demons they shall cast out. And with new tongues shall they speak. Well, do we have authority today? Do we speak in tongues still today? Verse 18. Serpents they shall take up. If you you look up the words... On that, take up is also translated put away, away with, be thou removed. Talking about the same Greek word. To me, it goes hand in hand with what he did. He shook it off. He put it away. I don't see this as any justification for finding the poisonous snakes and playing with them. Mm -mm. Because, you know, Scripture... You don't take any half of Scripture and build a doctrine on it. If something is a truth, you'll find it throughout the Scriptures. And like I said, this word is also translated away with. Same word. Away with. Put away. Be thou removed. (laughs) Is one way it's translated. So, and if any deadly thing, say it out loud, if any deadly thing. And that word for deadly could also be translated poisonous. If any deadly, well, if it killed you, it must have been poisonous. If any deadly thing they may drink, it what? Come on, help me out. It what? It what? It shall not hurt them. And the very next phrase, on the ailing, they shall lay hands and they shall be well. On the ailing, ha, Casey, Dory, Vanny, Silo, Poshna, Ete. We need to do something. Uh, if you've had some, uh, some things in your body that shouldn't be there that are hurting you, I want you to stand up right now. Stand up right now. You've had some things in your body that have been hurt. If you're fine, you're in good shape, don't stand up. But if you know you've had some things in your body that have been hurting you, that, uh, all right, those of you standing, I want you to make your way up to the front. Ushers, help them out. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and play softly, guys. Thank you, Lord. Now, don't don't come up as an afterthought. This is uh, this is serious business with the Lord. Don't don't play games and say, "Well, I just want to come and see." Don't do that. Don't do that. If you if you know that you've had something in your body that shouldn't be there, 
and it's caused you a problem and that kind of thing. Because you believe that the power of God can neutralize this. Is that right? That was weak. You, we believe, you believe that the power of God can neutralize whatever it is that's been harming you and hurting you. Praise God. Phyllis, would you please come? Assist me, everybody, reach your hands out this way. Put up that scripture again. Mark 16, 18. These are the words of the head of the church, Jesus. What did he say? And if any deadly thing they may drink or ever, ever how it got in your body, it what? Shall not hurt them. And he immediately says, on the ailing, they shall lay hands. And they shall be well. Can you see it's the same thing? That if you got snake bit or you breathed it in or ate it or drank it and something got in you that was poisonous and harmful, the power of God neutralizes it so that it doesn't hurt you. Well, the same thing, any kind of sickness, there's something in there that's hurting you. It needs to be neutralized. Can you see this? So everybody remaining, stand up if you would in in the congregation. Reach your hands out toward these. And release faith. Let's believe that the anointing. I'm not the healer. You're not the healer. But let's believe that the anointing comes. Right now. When we lay hands on these. And the healing power of God. Neutralizes. Every evil thing. And affects healing and cure in them. Father we worship you. And we acknowledge that you are our healer. And in the name of the head of the church, Jesus, we obey your instructions and we lay hands on these. And we pray, let your power, let your healing virtue and your healing power come on, our brothers and sisters, and, uh, and, and drive out anything that ought not be there and affect a healing and a cure in them in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, be healed. Problems be neutralized. Every evil thing, every harmful thing, be neutralized and do no harm. Body, be restored. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I call for it. Just believe you receive believe you receive the anointing and healing power that neutralizes every evil thing and affects a healing. That's it right there. Right there. Right there. Affects a healing and a cure. That's it right there. Right there. Right there. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.